Well, hello and welcome to Shoot Talk. I'm Thomas coming to you from the rockin' lazy pea in beautiful Nampa, Idaho, and I'm so glad you backed into the box with me today. You know, at the end of every episode, I ask if you'd be willing to rate and review this podcast, but this time I thought I'd ask you here at the top of the show. Ratings and reviews are tremendously helpful, so if you don't mind, would you take a moment for that? My guest on Shoot Talk today is one of professional rodeo's biggest stars, and he keeps turning heads two legs at a time. I'm delighted to welcome to the show today a 2019 Resist All Rookie of the Year, a professional team roper and all-around cowboy with two national finals rodeo qualifications. From Stephenville, Texas, Peyton Bray. Peyton, how are you this morning? Shoot, Thomas. Uh, it's a beautiful day here in Texas. Uh, it's BFI week and uh, about to kick the spring off and, you know, life couldn't be any better, man. Heck yeah. Well, you're a groundbreaker because I'll have you know this is the 68th episode of Shoot Talk and you are the first professional team roper who's uh, actually come on the show and been a part of it. Outstanding. Well, I'm glad to lead the pack. Super glad to have you on the show. Lots going on for you. Uh, how's the winter run been? Uh, catch us up on on what's been going on there. Shoot, man, it's been pretty good. Uh, we've had a we've had a pretty good winter. We think we have right under twenty grand. One, uh, I got my partner Brent not Brent Hall and I do. Uh, didn't really hit just great at Fort Worth and San Antonio, but uh, Houston was a great rodeo for us, and we've been kind of chipping away after that. Uh, we got a we made the American. We we had a chance to do good there, and we. Britain, I mean, barely, barely broke the barrier there to be able to come back and give us a chance. We've been kind of hanging around, haven't quite just dinged them yet, but we got a good check out of Houston and then uh, had a pretty controversial crossfire call at Austin that would have dang sure let us come back and get to play over there. But other than that, you know, we just got to keep rolling. But we're about to head to head to Logandale, head to the California rodeos. So I'm really excited about that. Haven't really got to go out there yet. So, you know, we're we're plugging right away. You know, everything we win in, in the in the winter, it's just bonus money before we get to Reno. So it's it's all good. Yeah, because once that heats up, uh, you know, you got those rodeos in your count that you can pick for the the big ones. So this one just lines you up. Uh, it always cracks me up people talking about standings. I'm not a stats nerd. Um, I'm I'm very much not a stats nerd. But uh, it cracks me up listening to, excuse me, cracks me up listening to people talk about standings this early on. And, and you know, you got to keep track of that stuff, but that really doesn't count until you roll around through June. It's just nice to have this little extra to pad, right? Oh, you're, you nailed it, Thomas. You know, everything you win in the winter, everyone says it's just bonus money, you know, uh, and I'm not sure if it, I'm sure it's probably the same for the, the rough stock events. I'm not quite as savvy with, uh, with what them guys do and how it all works. Cause I know everybody's everybody's events a little bit different, but dang sure for the time events, I do have to say, you know, everything we win in the winter is, uh, is bonus money, but you know, come Reno on, that's where the real money's made. And that's where the finals are made or they're not made. So, you know, them, them three months are very crucial. And if a guy gets on a roll in the winter, it, it sure helps like for stress and <laughs> just for peace of mind a little bit, but it really doesn't, doesn't matter. Uh, I guess we could ask Stetson about that because the guy already has enough money this year that it's getting a little bit ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> this guy has completely taken over what the timed event and used to own. That's absolutely crazy what he puts up even early on in the year. Oh my gosh, he's uh, he's an animal. Uh, he's literally what Ty Murray did. You put Stetson in there and he did it times 10. But, uh, you know, the money's a lot better now. And there's a lot more opportunities, and Stetson Wright has taken every single one of them and maxed them out. So can't have nothing but respect for that guy because he's 
arguably the best in both of his events. And for a timed event guy to do that, I'm going to say is very, very rare. It's very, very rare for a timed event guy to be able to be that dominant in two events. You could say Trevor was, but, you know, Trevor only had one, like maybe one year he was triple crowned, but a lot of it was in because the steer open. But uh, as far as like a team roping, calf roping, bulldog, and it's very, very rare for a timed event guy to be able to be that dominant in two events. And Stetson Wright is taking every advantage and taking it all the way to the house. You came into rodeo at a good time in professional rodeo because the money just keeps getting better and better, it seems like. Uh, it's taking a lot more to get to the finals rodeo at the end of the year, but there's more money out there. So tell me if I'm wrong here. I wrote this down, but like I said, not a stats nerd. Uh, you ended last year with 82,000. Does that sound right? Yes, sir. And that still put you 17th. I mean, 82,000 didn't even put you in the top 15, which is absolutely crazy. That money is just stacking up out there and it takes so much now just to get a qualification. Uh, if you want to get some stats on, I've unfortunately been 17th in the world twice. My rookie year, I was 17th. And then last year I was 17th and my rookie year, I went 67,000. And then last year I went 82,000, missed the finals by like 200 bucks. And I was 17th in the world. The, honestly, with the, one of the biggest changes though, last year was they changed the payout. They've started paying more holes in the team roping and uh, less money for they less top load and they pay more holes throughout. So they pay a lot like the bigger rodeos. I think you got to add an X amount of money. And then at them rodeos, they pay out instead of paying five grand, they're going to pay 3,500 and they're going to pay it down 10 to 12 monies. So that's what's kind of changed a lot too. And you managed to pull all the way to 17th within a couple hundred bucks of top 15 in a qualification, even though you had an injury that caused you to miss some time. Yeah. Which I mean, I would, there's, it's a catch 22. I would love to say that the injury cost me making the finals, but when I did injure my hand, it was in, it was kind of this time of year. It was in the springtime. I was practicing with my, my little big brother and I hit my hand on the saddle horn. I had a boxing fracture, what they call it, but they had to put three pins in my hand for a couple, I guess it's dang near a month. And right before Reno, I pulled the pins out. I made them pull the pins out like four days before Reno. And my hand was probably at 50 30 to 50 percent healed really like i didn't have much strength back in my hand i had to tape it up i had to use like a head rope for people that don't know like a healer uses really stiff rope and it's 35 foot long and i used a 35 foot long rope but it was a really soft rope so like because i couldn't control my hand i couldn't really swing it like i normally could but honestly thomas it didn't really cost me any money i still caught every almost every year i got turned with even with the broken hand kind of deal so i would love to say that was the reason why I didn't make the finals, but it just wasn't in the cards. I didn't get to go to a couple rodeos, yes, but I got to. I had to go to like more rodeos. Reno on, I think I was at ten rodeos and I had ten thousand one, and then from Reno on, I think I went to I maxed out. So the counts seventy five. I went to sixty five rodeos and I won whatever it was in sixty five rodeos, which was the odds of that is not great, but in three months won seventy something grand, which is not terrible. If any five, you know, you can run it back a hundred different ways to get the $200 back, but that's just part of rodeo. Yeah. Well, I'll still say that you came from a situation that created adversity and you made it all the way to 17th, which uh, to me is remarkable. Uh, and I'd be pretty dang proud of that if I were you. So, uh, you know, that, that idea of overcoming adversity. So you, you brought this up a little earlier. So let's just hedge around this a little, if we can, that crossfire call 
cost you a little bit. Now, I do not want to, I, I'm going to be very clear, I do not want to get into any judge bashing or anything like that. So I don't want anything I say to be taken negatively along that. But we've seen some calls recently that have been pretty controversial at the timed event end of the arena. And it's costing guys money. I think that these judges are doing the best that they can. They're going to the best of their ability making these calls. But we're starting to see now, as we have the Cowboy Channel, as we have different camera angles and all this, that some things are getting missed in the process. So two things. How do we potentially rectify this situation so that we can get a more accurate call and give these guys who have limited visibility and limited options sometimes in a crazy thing that is rodeo, what can we do to give them a leg up as they're making the call? And then how do you handle that process when you know it was after the switch, but there's simply nothing you can do? Oh, that's a great question, and I'm the same way. I, I like. The, I'm not dogging the judges whatsoever. You know, it's not. It's not that deal. It's not a fight. It's. 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 The Western industry is, in a way, everybody. To me, every cowboy is together. We we are together. We are the one of the most unique industries alive. We still have God Family Rodeo, and I'm not bashing anybody. What's the upsetting part is, is that I feel like these guys are not able to do their job to the best of their ability because of regulations and rules that don't allow them to do that. And that's where I feel like as a organization with the PRCA, I feel like we need to stress to take steps forward into making these guys jobs easier to make tough calls, correct calls. Yeah. And another thing to elaborate on the, 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 the rodeo is changing. Rodeo is evolving. Right now, in my opinion, every event keeps getting tougher and tougher. You know, just from my rookie year till this year, and I'm and I can only speak from what I know and from my behalf. The time event side of things has gotten ridiculously tough. Like everybody is so perfect. There's hardly any guys doing more than one event because each event is so tough it's hard to perfect more than one event and be competitive at more than one event you know a lot of back in the day there's a lot of guys that did both events and jacked around now you see less guys doing two events more guys trying to perfect one and it's going in a stage where you know it's not jacking around no more it's not really a hangout spot yeah it's yeah it's in a positive way it's so dang tough everyone's trying to make take the take opportunities to maximize and make the best run they can on in every situation, you know? So the game in that way is changing and evolving. I'm not saying it wasn't ever tough. I'm just saying the times and the payout is it's, it's, it's a job, you know, things cost more nowadays. So everyone is dang sure going to try to bring their end game every single time. And here's what I'm going to say, as far as a time event person and in my group of people in the team roper world, we, are a tight knit group. We get to everyone lives almost in the top fifteen to twenty in the world. Everyone lives even the you could say top thirty or t top thirty in the world. Everyone lives within an hour radius of Stephenville Weatherford area. Everyone lives within a sixty mile radius, and we go to jackpots two to three times a week. And it's the top fifteen, the top thirty in the world every single week. So we have a feel. We know what we're talking about. We have a the 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 production. The, uh, the flaggers, everyone knows what's black, what's white. Yeah. 
And in the judge's defense, they are not mainly team ropers. They are mainly rough stock guys or guys that didn't really rope very much or whatever. So they're not in our niche. They're not in our group. And I'm not saying they don't know, but all I'm saying is you don't go to a, a team roping and the flagger flags a guy out at a team roping and you don't see any team ropers go up there and argue or you don't see the, the team ropers come out and argue with the flagger because they know it's a crossfire. They know what it is because the the, the flaggers are cowboys and they flag hundreds and hundreds of runs every single week. So they have perfected their job. And these guys, they kind of get thrown into the wolves a little bit. And a lot of them guys don't want to flag the team roping because it is hard to make the right calls. So, Oh, absolutely. And in, in my opinion, for them to take the pressure off, because that's like a team roping flagger going to, going to judge rough stock. Them guys would get crucified if a team roping judge would go flag or sorry, go judge the rough stock because they're not going to make the same calls that the rough stock judges. And so I feel like if we get timed event judges and rough stock judges, I feel like it would help out a lot because it would take the pressure off them guys trying to make calls that they're not, it's not saying they're not qualified to make, but they may not be as sharp to make, especially without instant replay. Yeah. Uh, that was a thought that crossed my mind a bit ago in baseball. For example, you got these umpires, but all the umpires, have played baseball. Mm -hmm. You know, they've all been around baseball. It's all the same thing for them. The tricky thing about rodeo is you have seven to eight different things going on. And each event is different, and each event has yep, yep. people in their own niche. And everyone's not saying we don't get along, but everyone has perfected each event. So me going to a rough stock guy, like I ask a lot of questions. I got a lot of rough stock buddies, but I ask a lot of dumb questions because Honestly, I have no idea. Like I, I ask them a question because I truly do not understand. Or if I have a question, they'll, they'll gladly answer it. But it's just because it's rodeo doesn't mean I know everything about each event. And like you said, rodeo has changed so significantly. The past 10 years have been absolutely game changing. Everything is bigger, faster, stronger. The stakes are higher. These days, a head horse is a head horse and a heel horse is a heel yeah. horse. You know, yeah. barrel horses are getting absolutely ridiculous. Calf horses, all this, everything. And, and we're only on one end of the arena right now. The stakes are so much higher uh, than they ever have been. And I think that's why it's incumbent upon us. I think the technology is there. Heck, you posted something on your Facebook, yeah. uh, Charlie, with a GoPro. Yeah, And I got to tell you. It was the craziest thing for me to see the header's process from his point of view. Right. I've only seen it from the other side. I've only seen it coming up behind him, right? Right. We have all this technology to be able to help us figure these things out. So the other part of the question was, how do you handle that adversity? How do you handle that situation where you do something right, it doesn't work in your favor, but you have to get to the next one and rope again? Well, I uh, I was pretty upset. I'm not going to lie. It was more like a shock. And I think at the time, I think them guys were trying to make the right call and they were they thought they were doing their job. And I respect that because they are there to do a job. But also, I know how much time and effort and energy my partner and I have put into perfecting our craft. And for our craft to be done perfectly on national television, on TV – and for a judge, every way makes mistakes. It's human error. But for them to make a controversial call, at, at one point, it is very upsetting. And you do 
want to, I'm going to say it, you want to freak out and throw a fit. But, you know, at the end of the day, I had to take a minute and breathe. And I didn't cuss. I wasn't mad. But I asked them and I tried to talk to them and explain it. But in their perspective, they saw it that way. In a way, I had to respect their opinion. But in a different way, I didn't agree with their opinion. But that's why, and not in a a selfish princess way, but I made the post on my Facebook in a positive way because I don't want it to be done negatively. I want it to be done. I want there to be something done about it. I want there to be... I want everybody to see, hey, this is going on. We got to make a change. And like Speed Williams made a post, and his post got way more hits than my post got. But he posted it for the same reason. He's not bagging everybody, but we're trying to make rodeo better. So, and and I talked to a lot of the big dogs in the PRCA, the the uh, the judge, the guy, the director of the, all the judges and stuff. And I'm calling him. I'm not calling to complain. And I called Matt Reeves, which he's on the board of Pierce. I talked to him. I said, I'm not calling to complain. The damage has been done. Me complaining is not going to do nothing about it. I want to know what I can do to help move the ball forward for this not to ever happen again. That's all I feel like as, as a, the damage has been done. Maybe there's a blessing and everything. But my job looking forward to it now as part of being an ambassador of the sport and a competitor, what do I need to do to move the ball forward in a positive way where we can settle this deal and make everybody's job easier and everybody make the right call and it to be justified? Yeah, man, I love what you just said about being an ambassador of the sport. I'll be really honest with you up until last July. I knew you as a, a top level team roper. I knew who you were based on that. I'm not very good at social media. I'm good at posting stuff. I'm not good at following and interacting and and all that. I I knew you as a a top-level team roper, a top-level healer and an all-around cowboy. That's just what I knew of you. I was sitting at Slack at the Snake River Stampede a few miles from where I sit right here, and my little sister was sitting there with me and Haley Ray, who you got to meet that day. They had assembled a little gaggle of their friends who were sitting around right behind me, shooting and keeping my day sheet. Yep. All of the sudden, one of the little rodeo queens who was sitting there amongst the group said, oh, my God, is that Peyton Bray? And the whole crew of them started going wild. I didn't know this was a thing, but apparently, apparently it is. So I call them the the Bray Leavers. Uh, You're in a spotlight. You have an influence on the world around you now. You are far more seen than I was aware. So I I appreciated the fact that you worded your post so positively because so many people now, as as I crawl out of my little box and look at the world around me, so many people look up to you. You have the eyes of so many people. Did you know that this was a responsibility that you were going to have to put on? Well, I think it just comes with the job, Thomas, and I say that in a in a respectful way. You know, I feel like there's been, let's say, like Trevor Trevor Brazil, for example. That guy has clean cut, uh, positive, well spoken, well mannered. You know, he's the king of the cowboys, and the torch that he carried, he was the one carrying the torch. So he that guy could never stub his toe. And that was something he had to wake up with every day, which it's a responsibility. But for us, to me in our industry, you're exactly right. You know, I grew up being just like them girls. I grew up, you know, infatuated with my couple 
couple of my heroes and watched everything they did. And I know the impact those people had on my life. So if I'm going to, if I'm wanting to be this guy and I wake up every day to do what I want to do, part of my job is having a good attitude, showing, not showing off, but showing my talents, but then also showing my talents in a positive way that people, it can be positive in people's lives. Part of my job is not just open two feet because their sponsors are so important for Cowboys. You know, everything is so expensive and sponsors help out so much for us down the road and how you keep sponsors, how you communicate with sponsors and how you get new sponsors is being positive, doing things the right way because it's the right thing to do. And, you know, and I meant what I said about, you know, the like the crossfire call, you know, I don't want to complain about it because it's already happened. I want to make rodeo better for the next generation and the next generation and even next year so we can move forward because rodeo is the most beautiful sport in the world in my eyes. And I love the Western industry. I love what it stands for. And I want to keep it growing and keep going the best way possible. And if I have anything to do with that, I'm going to try to do my best to make sure that happens. That's awesome. I'll tell you, you made a, a young lady's day for sure. And, and everybody says Peyton's a great kid. I can say kid. I'm, I'm an old man now. <laughs> you talk about guys like uh, Trevor. So Trevor was already a thing when social media started happening. So he wasn't a social media sensation. I would say the first big rodeo social media sensation was probably tough. Yes. You know, and so he had the burden to bear of shouldering those expectations. Right. I think that has changed the game as well because who you are as a human being is going to come out now. There's no hiding who a person is we're we're just out there for the world to see but by the same token you know reality always shows up so i can say that i appreciate that about you everybody that i know that knows you just doesn't have a bad thing to say about you so uh my encouragement to you is keep that up no absolutely and you know nobody's perfect but i feel like in our industry there's a there's nothing but great things to happen. And, you know, I feel like God has a plan for everyone. And I'm not saying I'm I'm doing his plan. I hope I am doing his plan. But all I'm going to say is that I feel like, in a way, it's my job to make sure that I do the right things. Because, like I said, I was that once little kid. And I'm not saying I am perfect or I'm better than anyone. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just, I know that, in a way, your job of being a professional and doing the right things doesn't stop just when the, the clock stops. It's in the arena. It's out of the arena. It's taking time for, for, for kids. And that's one thing I have a big passion for in a way is like, there's a lot of little kids that'll text me and call me. And I, I like helping kids rope or like being part because there was, I used to be the most infatuated little kid alive. Like I would bother people, go to the rope bag, swing their ropes. And there's a lot of, professionals that took time out of their day to make sure I felt, you know, like I was somebody and they, and I meant something. So if I can give back, that's the least I could do for the industry. Who were your heroes when you were roping a dummy in the backyard? Uh, who were you in your mind, man? Uh, as far as being a hero, Cesar De La Cruz, Jay Corkill, those were my two guys. They were like the guys that I always watched, the guys I wanted to be like. I thought it was the coolest thing ever when Caesar would heal one and pull back and 
He rode flashy horses, and he always talked to me. And Jade, I thought he had the best style and rode awesome horses, and at his age, he was the man. But Marty Becker, at my, when I was about 12 or 13, Marty Becker is from Canada. He's made the finals two or three times, and he's dominated Canada in the calf roping, and he also team ropes great. He's been, I guess you could say, my hero besides my dad. But Marty Becker has been the biggest influence in my life as far as being like a coach and a true friend. He's he's ever since I was 12, year old, 12 years old, he's been kind of my guy. And me and him have bonded, and now his kids are roping, and it's come full circle because I'll go over there and help his kids and hang out as a family. And it's it's truly amazing what how what how kids will change your life and how Marty helped me in my life in a positive way and now get to be part of his family and now his kids rope and I've never seen a little boy that reminded me so much of me than his boy and so it's kind of crazy how things come full circle but as far as you know because as far as being a uh, you know like I said heroes open dummy you know Caesar and Jade but as far as like a true hero and a person that I wanted to be like it was it was Marty did you want to be a calf roper or a team roper Man, I always, I was always so little growing up. Like I was always the smallest kid in the class. Like I was always the shortest kid on the football team or the basketball team. But I tried. I, I'm not gonna say I tried the hardest, but I tried so dang hard. But I didn't. I couldn't even flank a calf until I was probably 17 years old. So I was a junior high school. Like I, I, I couldn't even make it out of my region finals or my region in Texas because it was so tough. And I was so small and I tried to like heck, but I just wasn't very good. And I wasn't strong enough to do much because I was so small, but I still did it. But my healing, I always had a lot of rope control and I always could really rope. And I love to rope a lot, but my healing really was my main event. And I obviously when you're a young kid, you want to do what you're best at and healing yeah. my bread and butter. And I worked hard to perfect that. And I always played with my calf roping and worked at it. But there for a while I was size size wise I was a little bit challenged and so I always kind of put that one on the back burner well then when I got to got to be in college and stuff I still I I did a lot of both in the amateur rodeo my first year amateur rodeo, I did both and I always won more healing obviously but then as soon as I got the call to heal for Eric I just kind of quit calf roping because I was like hey like you got a world champion you need to take take it serious you need to make sure you got all your eggs in one basket and don't try to do too much. You need to perfect this job because you got the best job. And not that you wouldn't make a hell of a calf roper, but I think you probably made the right decision. It worked out pretty well for you. Well, I appreciate that. It's funny. Now, lately, I've been working more in my calf roping. I'm not saying I'm going to be that guy yet. Like, I, it's, it's in my goals to do that if it allows me to. And I'm comfortable with that. Like, if I never make the finals of calf roping, I, I'm, I can sleep at night. You know what I mean? I'm not, it's not what defines me. But I just love roping calves because I think the sport of it is beautiful. I think it's the whole oh, yeah. the, the 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 movements you make, the amount of control and feel you have to have. I just have nothing for but respect for those guys, and I truly enjoy roping calves and I like it. I like doing two events, and I bought a horse last summer from Ren Richard that I'm going to take this year, and I'm going to rope calves. I'm I'm going to set high goals with comfortability that if I don't make the goals, I'm I'm still okay. But I, I truly do enjoy roping calves. So two of my best friends rope calves, Ty Harris and Haven Medjid. And I talk to them about it all the time. But I love being there in the box with them guys. I love being a part of the calf ropers. I like watching them do what they do. 
and I just think it's a great sport. And I just, I, it's, it's just fun for me to be a part of it. Like I know I'm a team roper, but if one day I'm good enough and them guys call me a calf roper, that'll make my day. There you go. I like that. Cowboy is a cowboy does. That's right. All right, Peyton. Every guest I have on Shoot Talk gets this question, so it's your turn. Uh, what is one thing that you wish people knew about rodeo? Man, to me, rodeo is the very first ever sport that's probably ever happened. You know, it, it started them guys riding broncs in the pastures back in the day. And to me, the ethics and the moral of rodeo is what's so, so beautiful to me. One is the respect and reverence of, of God. You know, every at the start of every rodeo, there's a prayer at the beginning and end of almost every rodeo, every single rodeo. And then you go patriotism, the national anthem, every rodeo, every jackpot, every even little jackpots around the house, we have a prayer at least before we even start the jackpot. The, the, the patriotism and the honor for our country and first responders. I don't know how many times it's first responders night at a rodeo and you know, you go to different rodeos and of course it takes a whole team, but you have the first responders there on site, either, either if it's a slack or a perf, just in case of a cowboy or a cat or a horse or a cowgirl gets hurt. doesn't matter. We have first responders, people there on standby. And a lot of it, which people don't get to realize or, or, or is, is the respect and the respect for like competitors as cowboys, we all make the dollar the same way. It's not a given. It's earned. And, you know, you could have a great day on one day and the next day. It doesn't matter. It's it's everybody's at zero, zero and run another rodeo. And the next day we're at another rodeo and it's zero, zero. You know what I mean? So the beauty of respect of competitors and the 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 brotherhood and the bond that we all and sisterhood, the bond that we have, it's, it's a little bit like military. I'm not saying it's, it is the same, but you know, you show up to battle and you bond together and you, you know, you, you uh, spar and then the next day you do it again. So you really develop a unique bond with everybody as you go from rodeo to rodeo. And I, I think that's pretty cool. And honestly, like another respect is like the, the respect for tradition. I don't know how many times you go to a different rodeo, and each rodeo has their own beautiful thing, like St. Paul's yeah. trees in the arena, Pendleton's on the grass. You know, Cheyenne has its feel and electricity. Nampa, you go from outdoor rodeos, then you go to Ogden. It's a hot slack. You get to go down the river with your horses, and then Nampa the next day you're in that cool building, and it's and you're in a building for once. And then you go to Salinas, and you're on the beach, and it's just. It takes a it takes a family to do a rodeo. As family as I mean family as in practice, as a family, feed horses together, take care of our livestock. And then the committees, you know, it takes a whole army to put on a rodeo. And we know that. The committee members, you know, they park us, they feed us, they take care of us, they have the the gate, you know, the all the things that go into it, having the arena perfect. It just it just everyone works together hand in hand and then there's no given paychecks. It's just it's a it's a respect for the people. It's respect for tradition of each individual committee as they put on their rodeo. You know, you're going to their rodeo because they're the ones putting it on. And I just think it just brings everybody together to watch us show our talents in a two hour, three hour rodeo. And we're not getting paid unless we do good, you know, and you're representing sponsors. And I don't know. I just think the whole rodeo in a big picture is just it's beauty in itself. 
Man, I could not have said it any better. I don't even have a follow-up to that. Rodeo is the best, and that's just the way it is. Nothing I would rather do. Yes, sir. No, I'm, I'm blessed to have the day job I do. I really am, and uh, like I'm with you, Thomas. I've tried golf, and it ain't very good. And I'm, I just there's there's rodeo, and then there's rodeo, and I'm pretty simple. There's nothing else I'd rather do, even if I'm a day off. I'd rather go hang out with my family and rope, and just be a part of the the Western way of life. Heck yeah, Payton. As you uh, head down Rodeo Road now and down the trail, uh, where can folks keep up with you on social media? My Instagram and my Facebook. I got a page on uh, Facebook, and then my Instagrams. I run them both personally, but uh, my Instagram and my Facebook, and it's just Peyton Bray, P-A-D-E-N-B-R-A-Y. Peyton's getting to be a more and more popular name. I noticed a lot of people showing up with that lately, so I don't know if you started that or who did, but... Damn. I think off of the movie Silverado. Oh, yeah? Well, yeah. I'm bad at movies, so I'm just going to take your word on that. Buddy, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you taking the time. You're just one of the good guys of the sport, and you know I'm just dang happy to have you on here telling people a little bit about who you are. So thanks so much for being a part of shoot talk. No, I appreciate the call, Thomas. You know, it was, it was pretty fun. You do a good job. And, uh, you know, it's pretty cool that, you know, we get to meet in and out of the arena and we get to talk about the rodeo and the Western lifestyle. So I, it's my honor. Well, thank you so much and uh, good luck out there. See you at the next one. You bet. Thank you, sir. You bet. Friends, if you want to help make this show the best that it can be, I wonder if you'd recommend it to your friends on social media. Leaving a review and putting up some stars helps a lot, too, so if you think about that, I'd appreciate it. You can consider becoming a sponsor of the show, and you can help promote rodeo by purchasing your prints or a copy of my book, Beyond the Tiara, Real Life Rodeo Queens. All that's available at my website, tduncanphoto.com. And friends, I'd have you remember this, if nothing else today, that there are no surplus people on Earth, and you are here for a reason. You are important, valued, loved, and necessary. We weren't put on earth to ride alone, so if you do one thing, let it be this. Take care of each other. I'm Thomas, and this is Shoot Talk. You bet, Bob.